You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Today, we'll talk about the latest Florida Gators basketball transfer, a little more about Florida football's incoming recruiting class, and we'll end the show by taking a look at Kyle Trask and his ideal NFC fits. Before we get started, though, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Of course, yesterday we found out that Mike White has secured yet another transfer from the transfer portal. He's the fourth incoming transfer after Myron Jones, CJ Felder, and Brandon McKissick. And the Gators roster is now made up largely of transfer athletes and last year's reserves. Flandris Fleming Jr. with one of the coolest names that you will ever hear in your life is a 6'4", 210-pound guard from Charleston Southern that on Monday announced his commitment to Florida. Of course, we were initially expecting that commitment to come on Sunday, but on Sunday, Philandris Fleming Jr. tweeted out, still loading, which my assumption genuinely is just he was waiting for that committed graphic to be completed. I'll say to this point, Philandris Fleming Jr. is the transfer that has me most excited. Fleming spent four years at Charleston Southern, and he started in 86 games over that span. He averaged 20.1 points per game last year, 7.4 rebounds per game, 2.2 assists per game, 1.8 steals per game, and 0.8 blocks per game. Shooting-wise, he shot just under 40% from the field at 39.5%, 32% from three, and 80.6% from the free throw line while attempting roughly five and a half free throws per game. What that tells us is that he's got the ability to shoot from three, and he's got the aggressive style and mindset to get to the paint and draw some contact and get to the free throw line. Over the past two years, Flandris Fleming Jr. is a two-time first-team all-conference player, and something that I have spoken extensively about when it comes to basketball or any sport, really. I'm a huge defensive guy. Flandris Fleming Jr. is also a back-to-back conference defensive player of the year, which, like I've said, I love defense. To me, that's a huge underrated part of the game that it's not as highlight-inducing as a poster or crossing someone up, 
now in a nice three. But defense wins championships, and I will live and die by that mindset. Flanders Fleming Jr. brings in another versatile ball handler to this offense and a true difference maker on defense. And when I mean versatile ball handler, I mean he can shoot, he can pass, he can dribble and create some shots. And like I've mentioned extensively, with Trey Mann leaving, Florida will need to find that primary ball handler. And it does appear as though they're trying to get that input from someone else or multiple ball handlers. Given that the Gators have now added Philandris Fleming Jr., along with, like I mentioned before, Myron Jones from Penn State, C.J. Felder from Boston College, and Brandon McKissick from University of Kansas City, Missouri, or Missouri, Kansas City, um, they now have just a ton of talent in the backcourt. They have Appleby's back. He's already on the roster. And incoming four-star guard Kawasi Reeves, who I will speak about extensively in the future. But right now for basketball, we're talking about the transfer portal a lot. So that's going to be the focal point here. We should see, and I mean really, we really should see the Gators go small ball early and often next year. They'll have a ton of spacing on the court by going small ball. Hopefully, Colin Castleton will be back if he doesn't go into the NBA draft and if he doesn't sign an agent with the NBA. Um, We could see just a very small roster and adding Philandris Fleming Jr. with his 7.4 rebounds per game last year is just huge for this offense to be able to go small while maintaining fight down low and not just giving up the rebounding battle completely. We'll talk more about the Gators roster, of course, as we get closer to next season. But the moves that Mike White has made so far this offseason are definitely promising. I mean, especially given just the situation with losing seven players to the NBA draft or to the transfer portal. This roster has gone through a ton of turnover since the round of 32 elimination. And... I have to give Mike White credit. I like a lot of the players he's bringing in. He's focusing really on spacing the floor, getting multiple players who can create shots and create offense in general. And he's brought in two conference defensive player of the years. He is not trying to have a repeat of this past season where the Gators could put up points, but also just allowed an insane amount of points all over the court, whether it's in the paint, on the perimeter. Mike White is looking to compete this coming season. He is not looking for a rebuild. He is looking for a reload. And I give him absolute credit for that. And I love it. And I absolutely love what he's doing right now, despite how upsetting this past season was. You know who else knows how to build? RockAuto.com. Visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I don't even have a car, but I wanted to get familiar with the website and I was shocked at how smooth the overall experience was. Whether it's brake pads, taillights, or you want to get hydraulics, like I've said before, stimmy go crazy. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, whether it's your classic or your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. That's locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Last week, we took a look at five of the top early enrollees for the Florida Gators football team. Today, we'll look at one more early enrollee in Dejon Reynolds and four more recruits who have already signed their letters of intent to join Florida this year. So starting with Dejon Reynolds, he's a 6'2", 210-pound wide receiver from Loganville, Georgia. He doesn't look like he's naturally 210 pounds or like he's ideally 210 pounds, so I'd expect him to maybe cut down a little bit or at least refine his build and fine-tune that once he has a college strength and conditioning staff with him for an extended period of time. He doesn't look like he's a freak athlete on film either. He looks more like a big-bodied receiver that he should eventually fill out a role similar to what Trayvon Grimes did this past season. Reynolds also was a two-way player in high school that saw some time at safety. And pure play style-wise, he relies heavily on being able to out-jump defenders, box him out, and we should be able to see some red zone production from him once he starts seeing the field, although I'm not confident that that will be this year. Next up, we have no early enrollees remaining, but letter of intent players, Jeremiah Williams, the 6'3", 224-pound edge from Birmingham, Alabama. He's a top five weak side D-end in the nation, and he's definitely going to need to add some weight if he wants to stay on the edge full-time. However, I got to watch some of his film. He played off-ball a decent bit. I think we could see him make that move inside full-time if that's what he wants to do. He looks like he's a very good, very fluid athlete. He's a willing and able tackler at a fairly consistent level for a high school player, of course. He does seem like he's got that explosiveness in his thighs, which I'd love to see. And he should provide a little bit of something in pass coverage, so I'd like to see him have that freedom in Gainesville to kind of just be a chess piece for this defense. Looking at an edge that's in a completely opposite build, Tyreek Sapp, who is a six foot two and a half. 255 pound edge from Florida, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He did say that he's not related to Warren Sapp in his Twitter bio, if you care about that. But Tariq Sapp is a thickly built tank, especially when you look at his shoulders and neck area. It's insane. Dude's shoulders and neck are as big as my torso in general. It's wild. He's a freaky big dude um 
He is surprisingly nimble for being as thick as he looks. And he's listed as a strong side DN, but I could see him playing more of that inside-out role along the defensive line. Maybe as a, a recent idea would be maybe Jabari Zuniga, I guess, that kind of versatility on the defensive line. He has a very quick first step that he could give some less athletic offensive linemen absolute fits with. Next up is Gage Wilcox, who is a six foot four, two hundred twenty eight pound tight end from Tampa, Florida. Um, if you don't know already, you will soon learn that tight end is my favorite position on offense, and I love watching them. I love scouting and evaluating tight ends. I think they're awesome. I think they are very underutilized in every level of the game, and I am very much looking forward to the talent that we are getting in. Gage Wilcox has solid size, and he looks like a fluid athlete for a tight end, but he still looks very raw in terms of just skill. Uh, He kind of, I don't know what it is, but watching him reminds me a bit of Jermichael Finley, um, who, of course, unfortunately, injury shortened his career, but he was a stud with the Packers for a while. I wouldn't be shocked to see Gage Wilcox utilized in sort of that same F tight end role that we saw Kyle Pitts play. Um, Of course, no one should realistically expect him to replicate the success that Kyle Pitts saw, but he looks versatile enough where he could be a threat moved around the field. He absolutely will need to work on his blocking, though, if he wants to go past the college level as a tight end. Because that was some pretty rough stuff, which is weird because even the most receivery of tight ends usually have decent blocking tape when they're coming out of high school. To wrap it up, we've got Marcus Burke, the six foot three, one hundred eighty pound wide receiver from Jacksonville, Florida. That size worries me so much. He's six foot three, which is great. He's another receiver that brings great height, but he does not have a similar playstyle to Dejon Reynolds really at all. Uh, the 180 at six three is just very worrisome. He needs to get in with a strength and conditioning staff and figure out a way to bulk up quick, um, because yeah, like uh, that frame is just very thin, very wiry. Uh, Marcus Burke, he's also just not super aggressive on the ball. But, of course, as he adds weight, he'll be free to throw his body around a bit. I wouldn't expect much from him early on, because like I've been harping on, his frame, he needs to fill it out, and he needs to change his mindset to become a legitimate big-bodied threat and a legitimate red zone threat. He could be a killer there, but he's got to work on some things. And it's very promising, I think, that most of the things I'm talking about are just his frame. He's going to mature as he's at Florida, and he's going to find his role. He does look like he's a long-legged runner whose speed kind of sneaks up on you because you don't expect it from someone as tall as he is. Uh, He's got a very large catch radius that he knows how to work with. He just needs to figure out how to work with it in traffic, especially if he wants to make some money at the next level, meaning NFL. I mean, even college now. They could start getting paid soon. Can't wait. However, 
I never got to make money playing football. But I have made money watching football. How? Bet online, of course. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, unfortunately, but the NBA, NHL, and MLB are on full swing. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine makes Bet Online the absolute best. They have you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on from april 19th through the 26th listen to the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by odyssey and the lockdown podcast network featuring analysis from nfl experts michael irvin brian baldinger and michael lombardi our local experts for every team make trades and pick the next stars of their team follow the ultimate mock draft 2021 podcast feed on the odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts I've spoken about it multiple times now. Kyle Trask is the type of quarterback where he needs an ideal situation in order to find success or else he's a bust risk, honestly. Um, Today, we're going to look at the top NFC fits for Kyle Trask. That's how we're going to end the show. First off, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mentioned them yesterday. Tom Brady will be around until Tom Brady decides he does not want to play football anymore. So Kyle Trask will have the opportunity to sit and learn behind, arguably, the greatest quarterback of all time. Assuming with Brady, the weapons will need to stay elite, because very similar pocket passing style, Trask will have those options when it's time for him to play. Bruce Arians, as the head coach, is known for being a very quarterback-friendly head coach. And Byron Leftwich has done a fantastic job so far as the offensive coordinator for the Bucs. From front office to coaching staff to roster, the Bucs are set to succeed for years, and they've already proven they could win with a pocket-passing style. We also know for a fact that Kyle Trask has met with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like he said at his Pro Day media session. Sticking to the NFC South, the next team are the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are one of the few teams where we could see Kyle Trask step in early as a starter and actually find some success there. I know the Saints have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill on the roster, and they pay them combined a lot of money, if you count the voidable years, of course. But I wouldn't say that the Saints are committed to having either one of them start, which could leave the door open for Kyle Trask to take over. We've also heard recently that the Saints are interested in Kyle Trask, and we can make the assumption that they've had some conversations. The Saints have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara as their primary weapons, and Sean Payton as their head coach, along with some other young developing weapons, which should be enough to give the most basic of quarterbacks, hopefully a 4,000-yard season. Their defense is also plenty capable of picking up the slack for this offense, 
if it proves to not be as high octane as we'd expect. The Bears are the third team that I'm going to talk about as being a very good fit for Kyle Trask to start his career. We've heard rumors and connections between the Bears and Kyle Trask. The Bears, as always, have a very talented defense immediately for Kyle Trask to have if he were the starting quarterback. I don't care who they trade for or who they sign. They are not set at quarterback. Andy Dalton, sure, QB1 right now, in quotes. We also heard the Cardinals say, Josh Rosen is our guy, and then immediately draft another quarterback. Chicago has weapons like Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery, who's not a huge threat in the passing game, but he's still there as an option. Tariq Cohen, who is a huge threat in the passing game, and is coming back from injury. And promising tight end Cole Komet on the roster right now. That's a very good receiving core to work with. Kyle Trask kind of needs that, like we've mentioned. And having, I think, Cole Komet on the roster is bigger than really we could say for the Saints at least. Maybe the Bucks with how old Gronk is now. Cole Komet's not better, but he might just be a better fit for Kyle Trask's style. Trask should have no problem operating Matt Nagy's offense, and we could see it open up even a little bit more than we did with Mitch Trubisky because I would expect Kyle Trask to have a higher football IQ, and we know that he can make more reads than Trubisky typically does. The last NFC team on this list, the Washington football team. Washington football team have an elite but also still young defense that have been carrying and could continue to carry this offense. They recently won the NFC East with really little to no effort offensively. With promising weapons and an underrated offensive line, it's sneakily a game-managing quarterback away from being a top 10 NFL team. And by promising weapons, of course, I mean primarily Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. If Washington football team were to draft Kyle Trask, much like Chicago, it would likely be in the second round, which is a luxury that the Saints or Buccaneers would not have. They would have to take him in the late first, most likely. What that means is Washington football team could draft an offensive weapon or an offensive lineman in the first round if they choose to not address their secondary, which is their biggest liability on defense, but still above average. Trask would also instantly be the best quarterback on the roster in Washington. Washington football team offensive coordinator Scott Turner has been with head coach Ron Rivera for the past two years and they've been able to find consistent success and it's honestly very impressive just given that two years ago they had a dinged up offense this year they had just an offense that lacked a quarterback completely and was dinged up so now with hopefully a reliable quarterback like kyle trask this offense can make massive strides. 
that does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Tune in tomorrow to see Kyle Trask's AFC Ideal Situations and more. Thank you for listening once again. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work at Whole9Sports.com. That's W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports.com. Don't forget to follow Locked On Gators so that you never miss an episode. Also, be sure to check out David Harrison. I know I usually shout out a show, but we discuss both the Buccaneers and Washington football team today, and David is the co-host of both Locked On Bucks and Locked On Washington football team. He's also a tremendous content creator in general, so be sure to check him out on Twitter at dharrison82.